Welcome to Context for Christ. Man, it has been a long, hot minute since I've done any content. To get into today's uh, content, I do want to say that I do apologize for not making any content for so long. I think it's been two months. Originally, I took originally I took time off because of mental health issues. Long story short, I was actually admitted to uh, behavioral health um, hospital. Was there for about a week. Uh, got out. This was in January. I took time off from making any content just to gather myself, just to allow myself to heal. But then, I think within the last month, this past uh, the, within the past month, I was just um, I was just, I was just lazy. I, I got lazy and I apologize for that. And I, I repent of being lazy. Um, just had no desire, no motivation to even continue doing this. But um, I want to be faithful to defending God's word and equipping other Christians to also know how or give them a better understanding of the scriptures and know how to um, combat error when it comes to the word of God. So with that said, I'm back making content and what I'll be looking at today is K Nash Ministries. Now, before I get into it, why am I talking about her? Why am why am I addressing her? A lot of you may not be familiar with her. Some of you may be. She has like 36,000 subscribers on YouTube. I really found out about her a couple of weeks ago. And her one of her videos just popped up on uh, my recommended uh, on, on YouTube. So I decided to watch it because... Um, it said prophetic word at the beginning of it. And that caught my attention because I believe strongly that the word of God, the Bible is complete and we don't need any more prophecy. Prophecy is unnecessary prophecy in the sense of foretelling future events before they happen. That's what prophets in the Bible did. That time has passed. The scriptures are complete. It's sufficient. So prophecy in that sense is no longer necessary. And so I watched, I watched it. I can't, I can't remember what, what video it was. I watched some of her videos already just to, in preparation for this one. And, but the ones that I've watched were just terrible. Um, she, she claims to get like direct prophetic words from God himself outside of the Bible. Um, that's a huge problem. And I'll explain that as we get more into it. But just to give some background on, on her, let's read this here. It says, welcome. Welcome to K Nash Ministries. We are so glad you're here. God has an amazing plan for your life. And it, it is our hope that we can help you hear God, heal your heart, and walk towards your destiny. Now, let's go to what she's about. About the ministry, their mission is to, or her mission is to equip the body of Christ in hearing God and the prophetic. And when they, when she says hearing God, what she means is actually, actually hearing God's voice, like his audible, literal voice. That's what she means. And that's a problem. If you've seen my videos or the video series I did on, on the voice of God, you'll know my, my, my stance on this. Um, and to equip the body of Christ in the prophetic. Again, prophecy is no longer necessary. If we have the word of God, and if the word of God is sufficient. 
to, to deliver timely words of the Lord to the body of Christ. And these timely words, again, in her mind, are the words she receives directly from God himself. To train all people in the spiritual aspects of God and to produce godly media led by the Holy Spirit to impact, impact the world. And so that's what, that's what her mission is says that she's a wife, a prophetess, and messenger of the Lord. Um, served in ministry full-time for eight years. Um, if you've watched my series on female pastors or female elders, you know how I feel about this. Um, I'm not saying that women cannot uh, do ministry, but if they're doing what she's doing, and in a lot of her videos, she actually does like, I guess, Bible teachings, but a lot of it is from the foundation of these prophetic words she supposedly receives. She should not be doing this. Not just because I, not just because she's a, as we're going to see, a false teacher, but simply because of the fact that she's a woman. And scripture is clear that women cannot uh, be teachers. They cannot be. They can't. They cannot teach men, and they can't be pastors. And she has actually been up uh, behind the pulpit a few times, actually preaching, and she can't be doing that according to the Bible. Kay is, known main, Kay is known mainly for her personal prophetic gifting and the move of the Holy Ghost at her meetings. Her desire is all people would know the voice of the Lord and follow him every day. So let's go. So let's just watch one of her videos. I have it pulled up here. This is prophetic word. Are you ready for your miracle? Hi, and welcome to my channel. I'm Kay Nash. I'm a prophetic messenger for the Lord. Um, today, I want to release a prophetic word from the Lord called, Are You Ready for a Miracle? The Lord was highlighting two passages of scripture to me to talk about today. So let's go into the first one. This is going to be Luke 5. When they had done so, they... By the way, she also takes scriptures out of context too. And that's what this, that's what my channel is about, you know. Putting scriptures back into context to give us a better understanding of the scriptures. And um, she takes scriptures out of context so much. And a lot of the times she'll get the prophetic word first and then and then um, she'll go to some Bible, Bible passages that agree with the prophetic word she supposedly received. And which, sh which shows you what? Which basically shows us that her foundation is not the word of God. It's whatever she thinks God is telling her. They caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so they full that they began to sink. Now, I felt the Lord telling me, do you have the right nets, Jesus? Are you ready for what God's about to do? Or are your nets going to break because you don't have the right equipment? Sometimes you're believing God for a miracle, but you're not ready for a miracle. That's today's prophetic word. Are you ready for a miracle? Get ready for the miracle. Jesus, hallelujah. And here's the... Also mentioned, she... <laughs> She tends to say the name Jesus like randomly. I guess that's, I guess her expression of, I guess, joy, whatever she's saying. I find it kind of cringeworthy that she says it just randomly a bunch of times. 
and she'll <laughs> she'll even add in a hmm in some points and i just i just can't help but to laugh because it sounds funny the thing they were believing god with a net god said catch fish and that's what they did and they had a net god's like no 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 you don't get it i'm the living god you need a boat to catch what i am about to give you you don't need a little net you need a bigger boat jesus you need a bigger boat so that's so that's the point of the passage of luke 5 is that they don't need a net they, they need a bigger boat is that what the disciples would have understood is that what the original readers of this book of john of luke would have understood that to mean you're thinking too small right now and it's stopping your breakthrough god's saying get ready for what you believe me for what do you believe god for some of you that's getting an office bait for the amount of sales that are coming in some of you is getting a bigger conference building than you did last year so you can fit more people in there some of you it's just getting a new bank account because there's new money coming in there you know i don't know what it is for you but i want you to start believing god for more than what you can believe in your mind okay you got to believe in the spirit of god okay you can't be saying, well, this what makes sense and think in the natural. You have to think in the supernatural and see in the spirit what God has for you and walk. See what she what she just did there. She said, you can't you can't just believe um, you, you can't just believe God for what you or for what you believe in your mind. You, you need to believe in the spirit and that you can't just um think in the natural you need to think in the supernatural what she just did is what is called anti-intellectualism basically she's pretty much saying that you need to shut off your mind and get out of your get out of your mind and turn off your mind and get in tap into the divine that's that's essentially what she's saying and uh, and, and quite frankly that's common in a lot of um word faith teachings they say you need to turn off your mind turn off your brain turn off your intellect and tap into the divine they won't ever say divine some of them might but they won't they won't really ever say it what they say is you need to think in the spirit in the supernatural but the but the problem is if you ask them what exactly does that mean they don't really have an answer if you ask them what does that look like they never tell you what it, what that looks like and i think it's because it's just they don't even know and so if you want a better, a better uh, understanding of what I'm talking about right now, um, I'm going to link it in the description of this video from Bodhi Bauckham. It's a sermon he gave called Modern Spirituality and Your Mind. And he talks about, he talks about this. He talks about how the idea that we need to turn off our minds and get out of our minds and tap into the supernatural, into the divine is actually paganism. And he goes into detail why it's paganism and shows from the word of God why um, we are not supposed to turn off our minds, right? God actually wants us to use our brains, okay? But before we go on, let's actually look at Luke 5, okay? Luke 5, verses 1 through 11. Notice she only quoted verses 6 through 7. But we're going to be looking at um, 1 through 11, all right? 
So first off, let's just let's just look at verses six or seven. And when they had done when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking. So they so they signaled to their partners of the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. She didn't read verses. She didn't read, she didn't read verse eight. She will. She went a little bit because I've actually seen this video already. Um, but she will quote verse eight in a little bit. But she butchers what this entire passage is actually about. So let's start here. So let's start in verse one. So it was as the multitude passed about him to hear the word of God, him being Jesus, that Jesus stood by the lake of Gennesaret, I think that's how you say it, and saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then Jesus, Jesus got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little, asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and then caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught their great number of fish and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in their boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. And here's the verse um, that really shows what this passage is all about. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus's knees saying, depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. So when they had brought their boats to the land, they forsook all and followed him. So what's, so what's the point here? Well, the point is that Jesus revealed himself to these disciples. They revealed himself, or sorry, he revealed himself to, to, to the disciples. Because what's, what, what, is, what is Simon Peter's reaction when, when Jesus tells them to throw their net into, into the, the water, into the sea? First, he says, we've been fishing all night and caught nothing. But nevertheless, at your word, I will do it. So he did it. And they came and filled both boats. Their, their net was breaking. They filled both boats and began to sink. And when Simon Peter saw it, saw it do, you think, do, you, do you think Peter would have, would have thought that Jesus was teaching a lesson about a miracle? A miracle did happen here. But the miracle is not the, the pinnacle of this passage. The pinnacle of this passage is what resulted from that miracle, and which is that Peter recognized that Jesus was not just a simple master. Jesus was not just a man. Jesus was God in the flesh. He was the son of God. Hence his, his reaction, depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. This miracle revealed not only to Peter, but the other disciples that Jesus was God in the flesh and he was the promised Messiah. And that's pretty much what all Jesus's miracles were. The, the, the purpose of the miracles Jesus performed was to point to who he was, who sent him, and that he was sent from the Father and he was God in the flesh. And this is just one example here. Peter saw what had happened, saw the miracle, 
and he fell down on Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Peter was in the presence of God in the flesh and was aware of his sin. It's kind of similar to Isaiah 6, when Isaiah is given a vision of the throne room of heaven. And he's and we know we know from 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 John that the that the uh, the man the man on the throne that Jesus that that, that um, Isaiah saw was was Jesus. It was Jesus on, on his throne. And what was what was Isaiah's reaction? His reaction was, "What was me?" Meaning pronouncing judgment on himself. "What was me?" For I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell among people of unclean lips. He was aware of his own sin. But just like in Isaiah's case, where the Lord showed him mercy and grace and forgave him of his sin, it was the same thing here. Simon, Simon Peter was aware of his sin, and he told God, God, go away from me. I'm a sinful man. I, don't, I, I, I can't be in your presence. I'm a sinful man. But Jesus was gracious with him and told him, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll, you will catch men. And so they left. They brought their boats to the land, they, they forsook all they had and followed him. That's the point of this passage. This, isn't, this, is, this is not a passage about believing Jesus for a miracle, believing God for some miracle that, that you want to see take place. This is not what this is about. And she, and she, and she just, Cain Ash just butchers this entire passage and turns it on its head and makes it about you, makes it about us. This is not about us. This is about Christ. So let's continue watching. Towards that, I want to encourage you today to walk towards what the Spirit of God is showing you to believe for Jesus. The next verse I want to go into is John 21, 11. Simon Peter stepped forth and drew the net to land full of great fishes, 153. There were so many yet not the net was broken. And this is so interesting because there's two times that Jesus comes to Peter and gives him a multitude of fists. The first time his nets break. The second time his nets do not break. Maybe he had to get new nets. Maybe he got better nets this time. Maybe he started expecting. Yeah, because that's, that's the point of the story. <laughs> that's the point of the that that was the point yeah jesus that yeah that was the point of the first miracle peter you need new nets man <laughs> oh man so luke 21 is another passage she brings up and just like with luke sorry john 21 is another passage she brings up and just like with luke 5 she butchers it and believing for more because you know once you've experienced a miracle that breaks your net it's time to upgrade the net some of you said oh that miracle was one time god's wanting to do that same kind of miracle again but you got to get new nets you're holding on to the old nets that god broke with the last miracle i feel the lord right now it doesn't matter if in 1973 there was revival in your church and there was some kind of miracle and you were prepared then god's saying prepare now revival is coming jesus hallelujah now another thing i felt like the lord wanted me to mention let's go back to luke 5 here 
It says that Simon Peter, this is verse 8, he fell. Before we get into that, let's look at Luke 21 real quick. I mean, John 21 real quick. John 21. I was going to read this whole passage, but I don't really think I need to. Basically, Jesus is resurrected. He's, he's come back from the dead. Um, he shows himself um, to Simon Peter and Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel in Galilee and the sons of Zebedee. And two others of his disciples were together. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. And they go and the rest of the disciples go with him. So, the, so they go out there and they, they, get, they get into the boat. They catch nothing. And when morning came, Jesus stood on the shore. Yet the, yet the disciples, this is verse four, the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. And then Jesus said to them, excuse me, Jesus said to them, children, have any food? They were like, no. And verse six, Jesus tells them, cast the net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they cast and now they were not able to draw it in because of the multitude of fish. Therefore, that, that disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it's the Lord. Now when Simon Peter heard it, heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for he had removed it, and plunged into the sea. But the other disciples came in the little boat, for they were not far from the land, but the, about 200 cubits, dragging the net with fish. Then as soon as they had come to the land, they saw a fire of coals there, and fish laid on it, and bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish which you have just caught. Simon Peter went up and dragged the net to the land, full of large fish, 153 and although there were so many, the net was not broken. Jesus said to them, come and eat breakfast. Yet one of the disciples dared to ask him, who are you? Knowing that it was the Lord. Jesus then came and took the bread and gave it to them and likewise the fish. This is now the third time that Jesus showed himself to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. And so what's going on here? Well, Jesus is resurrected from the dead and he shows himself to his disciples who don't recognize him. Um, their eyes are restrained from recognizing him and they're fishing and they, they, they haven't caught anything. Similar to the Luke five passage, isn't it? How Jesus was with them and they were out fishing. They caught nothing. And Jesus tells them to put the fish and puts the net into the water. <clears throat> but Peter's like, we haven't caught anything. But in this one, they, they've caught nothing again. And Jesus tells them, cast the net on the right side of the boat and you'll find some. So they cast and now they were not able to draw it in because of the multitude of fish. And therefore that, that disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter. So the one who Jesus loved is, is, is John. Is it, it, um, it, it's John. And John was with the disciples the first time this happened, the first time that Jesus told them to put the net, net in the water and they caught fish. So John, know, John, John recognizes this. He's like, wait a minute, I've seen this before. And he said to Peter, it's the Lord. How did they know it was, how did they know that it was Jesus? How did they know that it was the son of God resurrected from the dead? Because this has already happened before. And that was when Jesus revealed Jesus revealed himself as the son of God to them. This has already, already happened before. And now it's happening again. And they're like, wait a minute. That, wait a minute, that's the Lord. This has happened before. This, this happened last time he, he was with us. 
And now Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord. He put on his outer garment and he plunged into the sea. And the other disciples came, they brought their fish and they saw fire and coals. They laid the, the fish and bread on, on, on the coals and they were eating it for, for breakfast. So we have Jesus revealing himself in Luke 5 and we have Jesus revealing himself in John 21. It's different. It's different. It's a different setting, different um, time frame, because in the first instance, in the first incident, Luke five, he hadn't died yet, but he revealed himself as the Lord to them. And then here in John twenty one, he's already resurrected, but they don't recognize him. But then he tells them, "Put your net in in the water," and they catch fish, and then now all of a sudden they recognize him. So that's what you have in John 21. Fell at Jesus's knees saying, Lord, go for me for I'm a sinful man. I felt like the Lord was saying this miracle is going to bring you to your knees. What God. So she reads verse eight from Luke five. And says, I feel like what the Lord is saying to me. Notice she doesn't say. Here's what, here's, here's, here's what the text is saying. She, she doesn't say, now what this means is this. No, it's, here's, here, here's what I feel God was telling me. See, here's the thing. And people who, and some, some Christians believe that, that they hear God speak to them and that whatever God tells them, it's not going to contradict his word. But my simple question to that is this, and if you're watching this and you claim that God is audibly speaking to you and you, and you believe that whatever he says is not going to contradict his word, I have one question for you. If what, he, if what he supposedly speaks to you is already in his word, then what's the point of him speaking to you if it's already in, in his word? Is his, is his word not sufficient enough for you to believe it? If it's already if it's already written down for us, then why do we need him? Then why do we need him speaking to us? Something that's already written down in his word. And someone might answer, "Well, it's probably for a confirmation. Confirmation for what? Again, is his word not sufficient enough?" You know, in the words, I think it was, uh, I think his name was A.W. Pink or, or Tozer, one of the two. He said, if he's talking about private, private re revelations, and this is a broad term, which means basically anyone who claims to get prophecy from God or a word from God or God speaking to them. He said, if private revelations agree with scripture, then they are needless. But if private revelations disagree with scripture, they are false. That holds a lot of truth to it. Let's hear what she has to say. God is 
is about to do in your life is going to bring you through your knees, Jesus. It's going to bring you to a place of humility. It's going to bring you to a place where you could say, only God could have done this. There was no way I could have done it in natural, but God, you moved. God, you changed things. God, you changed my life, and I am before you a humble man, a humble woman, and I know you brought this breakthrough. Nobody else could have brought this breakthrough, but you brought this breakthrough. Jesus. I can only take so much of her yelling. But when she just said that, that what this verse means or what, or what God was speaking to her about this verse where Peter says, away from me, Lord, for I'm a sinful man, is that this miracle God's going to do is going to bring you to your knees. What was Peter's reaction? He was aware of his sin. Because God, Jesus revealed himself as God to him. And his sin was, and when he realized who he was, he got a glimpse of how holy God was, and he got a glimpse of how sinful he was before a holy God. His reaction was, Lord, get away from me. I'm, I'm a sinful man. I don't deserve to be near you. This is, again, this is not a passage about some some miracle god is bringing your way the disciples didn't the disciples didn't understand stand jesus to mean that and the original writers of john would not have understood that or would not have understood the passage to mean that god is going to bring a miracle in in your life and that you need a bigger net you need a bigger boat this is a complete butchering of the word of god of these passages and um, let me just go on record and say, Kane Ash is dangerous. And if you listen to her and you are believing what she's saying, you are going to be deceived. That's why I'm that, that, that's why I'm making this video on her to reveal her error, to reveal her false teaching and to essentially expose her, expose her ministry as a false ministry. Because Ephesians uh, 4 I believe it's Ephesians 4 or Ephesians 5 says, have no, um, do not partake in, in the works or the evil works of darkness, rather expose them. And we are to expose error. We are to expose false teachers. And that's what I hope to do with this video. And this isn't the only video I'm going to make on her. I'll, I'll make it, I'll make probably another one. Uh, or maybe just responding to her prophetic words that come out almost every day I'm, I'm only four and a half minutes into this well let's continue listening i may i may cut this video short hmm. hallelujah are you ready more fish are coming some of you pastors it's time to upgrade your church building I know that COVID is going on, but here's the thing. Some pastors are shutting their doors, okay? Some pastors are pulling back, and what's going to happen now is people do not have a place to go. And because of that, there's going to be more harvest for you. Are you ready to receive somebody else's harvest? Somebody else, I feel the Holy Ghost so strongly, shut their doors and now your doors are going to be open wider because God is filling up the wedding room. You know, when Jesus comes, he's trying to fill up the room of people, right? We see that 
parable about there not being enough people in the wedding hall, okay? So he tells his servant, go get more people. Go into the highways and the byways and just get people because he wanted his place to be full. He didn't want his place to lack. And I'm telling you, God is going to fill things in Jesus' name. Just like he... <sighs> Another butchering of a passage. I'm just going to say quick in passing because I don't want this video to be too long. Um, and, I'll, and, then, then I'll, and then I'll end it here. Um, but Matthew 22, that parable about the wedding feast, that was a parable of an indictment on the Jewish leaders. And the fact, the point, the point of the parable, it was the point of the parable was the, this guy, he was calling over, he was, he was inviting all these people into the wedding feast and they all refused. They all had excuses for why they didn't show up. And so now the master is, is mad, is, is angry about it. And so he says, okay, go into the city and get other and get invite other people invite other ones and that's what and that's what his servants did and what was the point the point was that jesus was indicting chastising the jewish leaders and saying <clears throat> saying you're the ones who you're the ones who are refusing to come because we know from the old testament the covenant god made with israel and the fact that israel was unfaithful and they rejected god several times, several, several times. And God kept extending grace to them, even though he did judge them as well, but he also kept extending grace to them, but they still continue to be rebellious and break the covenant that God had made. And so now in comes the new covenant. And I can't remember where the passage is, but Jesus, um, but Jesus tells the Jewish leaders, the kingdom of God has been taken from you and will be given to children given to babies and who's he talking about gentiles because the kingdom of god has been taken from you and will now be given to gentiles that's the point is that they refused and they rejected god as their king they broke god's covenant and so now god was going to turn on israel in judgment and offer the kingdom to Gentiles now. That's the point of, of that passage in Matthew 22. Go read it and don't take my word for it. Go read the whole chapter on your own. That's all I got for today. It's good to be back. I'm glad I'm back. Guys, I thank you for um, sticking with me. Again, I apologize for the long delay. Um, but I'm going to get back to making uh making content and releasing um either a video or just a podcast episode at least once every two weeks and so that's all i got for you for you guys today thank you so much for watching if you enjoyed this be sure to like comment subscribe uh tell others about my channel um until next time may the grace and peace of our lord jesus christ be with you all god bless you <laughs>